Tarzan is in Disney's heart. Jack Black goes back in time. And does busting feel good the second time around? We'll find out this week on 30-20-10. Welcome, everyone, to 30-20-10, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine. Yes, I said weekly, give or take a delay or two. Due to website maintenance. Come on, people. It happens to the best of us. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. How's everybody doing? Who's Who else is with me? I am red-haired and repeatedly running through Berlin, Diana Goodman. <laughs> it's me, Sarah, and you're a prostitution whore. <laughs> <laughs> I get most of those there? references. Are we there? Oh, we're there. I get most of those yeah. references, but you will too, because this is the show where we look back 30, 20, and 10 years ago, back to this week of uh, popular media releases, movies, TV, uh, I am excited that Ghostbusters appears twice in a 20-year gap because I'm a big mm-hmm. Ghostbusters fan and I get to talk about it twice and there's nothing y'all can do about it. Uh, but it's not all going to be good. Uh, so, but <laughs> stay tuned because it's a it's a shitty week for TV because it's the summer. True. Uh, even though we have a notable debut in the final segment and not a debut, but a, I don't know, a solidification mm-hmm. of a fucking dynasty I don't understand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this week we'll be talking about June 14th to the 20th in 1989, 1999, and 2009. Everything that came out, movies, games, TV, and more. Hi. Okay. I can rattle all that off. We're good. Let's start with... 1989. No news to wage you in. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say a president of a country that no longer exists is ousted. Okay. Maybe. I don't sure. know. Maybe. <laughs> that usually is happening, I feel like, at some point. I thought I had I thought I had something for this, um, uh, but I'm sure something happened in another part of the world that we didn't know about it. It was only one 24-hour news network. What were we going to do? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the, for movies, uh, for movies, um, I... I Dude, I feel like I've seen this, but it's been so long. Comic mm-hmm. Book Confidential. Yeah. And is this just an early documentary about comic books? Yeah, it's an early documentary because um, it's 89 and comic books are silly things for children until next week. Yeah, comic they books. They get a bit more serious. They, they are slowly making their way into television. They have not yet permeated games mm-hmm. in a way that they, they did in a few years. And they are nope. not popular in movies. They are not. There has been one bunch of uh, of movies based on a comic book character, and they're done now. This the Superman movies. Yeah. And now we're getting. It's not the beginning of the comic book boom. It's kind of it's like a precursor comic book boom because mm-hmm. we got Batman next week, bitches. Hey, I'm excited. But, they just released the ball. So this in goes 4K back remaster. to like uh, a bunch of early stuff. I mean, it talks about early comic books. They talk about a lot of. Like alt comic stuff, you know, they talk to Harvey P. Carr and Robert Crumb and, you know, that that sort of like the 60s, 70s alt comics era stuff. Did they but... talk to Harvey P. Carr's friend who was played by Judah Friedlander in that movie? The nerd. <laughs> I like comics because I'm a nerd. <laughs> I hope <laughs> I have not seen this. I know I've seen this because for a while. Yeah, it's been a lot. I, I couldn't have been more obsessed with comics at this point. And mm-hmm. as Diana mentioned, Superman is the only big budget studio superhero film Mm -hmm. everything else is a b movie yeah and that's all you have right now all you fucking have there was even an article recently of like this poor woman trying to like get x-men off the ground and and getting like kicked out of pitch meetings uh like in the middle of her pitch and they got busted down to television and they made an x-men cartoon and that 
kind of effectively started mm-hmm. wanting to see these superheroes. And I don't know. I could talk about comics all day. Were we ever mm-hmm. so young? Yeah. It's it just it's bizarre to think about. It is a weird world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but there's not that there's, and, and what I think they they eventually relied upon comics because they could be big effects franchise films mm-hmm. since they're based mm-hmm. on stories that haven't died for decades and yep. it, and they're they're already blocked out for you mm-hmm. I mean come yeah. on they direct themselves they're storyboarded yep yeah just yeah. do it <laughs> <laughs> and just do well, it I can't believe it took thirty years for Robert Rodriguez to figure that out and just. Just film Sin City as is. There, and, done. And to show it's you fine. what a different world we're living in, Hollywood is desperate for franchises. Well, I don't know. I don't know how desperate they are. Hmm. As evidenced yeah. by this week's new release, uh, Peter McNichol. What a great way to lead off this cast. Uh, <laughs> Annie Potts, the Rick The only Moranis. good thing about this movie. Oh, come on. It's it's still enjoyable. Sigourney Weaver, Ernie Hudson, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, and Billiam Murray. Ghostbusters 2, number one at the box office. Why are you king? Well, we got a report there was a major creep in the area. We checked our list, and you were right on the top. America can laugh a little easier. The Titanic arrived this morning. Better late than never. Now that the heroes of the hereafter are back. Don't put any of those old cheap moves on you. No, 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 no. Different. I have all new cheap moves. Pose them. Ghostbusters 2. Ooh, I'm, you're scaring me. Stop it. Oh, somebody, somebody stopped me. Mm. But I, I love the story of this is Ghostbusters 1. It's a major success. And they're like, hey, Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, you want to come back and write another one? And they're like, no, nah, it's one story. We don't feel the need to do this. Just that they were in a world where like, well, throw money at them. Maybe they did. And they still said no. And Bill Murray didn't want to do it. If We discovered at Scrooge, Scrooge was Bill Murray's return to film after fi- a five-year right. self-imposed entire retirement. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's unbelievable. It took five years, half a decade. We have three Marvel movies a year. It took five years to get another Ghostbusters movie. Uh, something that was totally mind-blowing to people a little older than me. Yeah, and me too. Uh, well, for sure, it was just a money printing machine. Yeah, at that point, yeah. I mean, so it, it's incomprehensible why it took that long. That that they didn't throw a bunch of money at the problem. Like, yeah. why are we stopping? Really, we can't get Bill Murray in a room and write him a check. We can't mm-hmm. do it. Like, no, it was no. A, just a different world. Different world from the Coke nope. Company, Columbia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were still going yeah. by Coke. And you know, back in the day, that wasn't contractually, you know, built in as like if we feel like it, we'll make five of these. So, no. They just made a movie. Movie did well. Would you like to make another movie? Yeah. yeah. And, and I think we did learn that like it, a, a franchise like this, that because it did Ghostbusters, the original, did cost a significant amount. We did an episode of Laser Time about um, uh, special effects comedy movies and mm-hmm. how they never work. Mm. They're always mm. super expensive. Uh, it almost never works, yeah. even with Ghostbusters. Yeah. I remember and, how we talked about Land of the Lost. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Land yeah. of the Lost evolution, dare I bring up? But like it's it's mm. it's a Don't rare thing where it actually works, and Ghostbusters did. Uh, but it was expensive, and we you just see that like there was no roadmap. Mm-hmm. They didn't talk about sequels or anything else like that. And the, the thing I really love, and I just, I know I've talked about this on podcast before, but I was just talking to my buddy Melinda's because we were both watching Cobra Kai. And we mm-hmm. have vague memories of Karate Kid. And this is super specific to someone my age um, that we were too young to like really, maybe we saw Karate Kid and Ghostbusters, but that's like 84. Mm-hmm. We're like three or four yeah. years old. Mm-hmm. You don't, we don't really get it, but we grew up in the minutiae of, all of that stuff, the merchandise, the cartoons, mm-hmm. the video games. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Ghostbusters 2, like I knew what Ghostbusters was and I remember being scared out of my mind in the opening sequence, which I think was by design. 
and I just grew up in a world. There was a, a real Ghostbusters cartoon on the air and a yep. fake Ghostbusters cartoon on the air. <laughs> Tons of toys. And it just seemed like, oh, shit. Yeah, this always existed, right? This mm-hmm. happens all the time. Ecto-coolers. The Ecto-cooler existed. We did a show all about stupid drinks on Laser Time, too. <laughs> uh, but he did replace Bill Cosby as the, uh, Jesus, the pitchman for that drink. And I'm not kidding. Wow. I'm not kidding at all. Uh, but, but Ghostbusters 2, at the time, like, nothing wrong with it. But it didn't... When I talked to people a little older than me who who were, like, maybe over five or seven and mm-hmm. saw the original mm-hmm. Ghostbusters in theater, it was a game Hi. changer. Diana? Yep. Even for, even for a little girl? Absolutely. I mean, I love Ghostbusters. And then, you know, within a couple of years, I had a little brother, and he just watched it over and over and over. So it's a movie I know very, very well. And uh, I was like, oh, Ghostbusters 2. Well, let's see. And... I don't know what it is. Is it that it's too plotted? Like the first Ghostbusters, famously, they did a lot of improving on set mm-hmm. and screwing around because Bill Murray is what he does. And just, I don't know. I mean, some of it, they're trying to follow the original beat by beat. That's why the Statue of Liberty's got to show up because, well, everyone loves Dave Pup Marshmallow Man. Mm-hmm. So let's have another giant thing. Yo, but they and controlled that with an NES around advantage. a baby, which is don't. Don't do that. What, little Oscar? That's still one of my the, the most frightening scenes in that movie. That, oh, that, when he's on the ledge. Well, when the the woman descends from the cloud with a baby carriage and like fl- in the in the broad daylight, it's yeah. like horrifying. I lo- there's a lot I love about this movie, but I, I I think I teased it last week. Last Halloween, I remember went trick or treating with your stepson and came back like, oh, I got to squeeze in a bunch of more Halloween movies and just like, oh, I got this 4K remaster of Ghostbusters. Watched it, was elated, and just immediately like. I just got to buy Ghostbusters too, mm-hmm. and then went to that and like, oh, oh, Ooh. there is like I've always been a defender of the film because mm-hmm. it was it wasn't again it wasn't the first one I saw it was just the first one I cogniz- cognizantly saw during its release mm-hmm. I was in the mix mm-hmm. yeah it's a little disappointing uh, yeah. by comparison I mean I I have some nice things I can say about it I love Peter McNichol in it mm-hmm. uh, Rick um, Moranis. Yes, it's it's Rick and Annie Potts. I love them. Cute. In it. I love my that. dog agrees. It's barely related to and the ghost busting at all. And 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 I don't know. Like the the, the I was looking around because I wanted to Bill. I wanted to see Bill Murray shitting on it publicly, which he doesn't really do. Uh, he's at least classy enough to not do that. And his mm-hmm. only thing was uh, like, yeah, they brought us in a room and like they were and mm-hmm. we had these story ideas. I'm like, no, that sounds pretty cool. And then he mentions that, and then the special effects people got involved in like nothing that we did was important. Um, and, and I'm like, oh, that actually does make a... There are yeah. a lot more effect sequences in this film. Mm-hmm. And just you guys dicking around on the steps of something, mm-hmm. that's gone. It's, it's, a mm-hmm. lot, it's a lot of huge effect sequences. Yeah. And I think... Yeah. Which is the most memorable thing about the movie, the pink slime, the mm-hmm. channel of yeah. ectoplasm running beneath New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I watched it yeah. for the first time this weekend, what? actually. In preparation, because as we've talked about before, my parents were neglectful and I did not see any kids' movies until I was an adult, basically. (laughs) Um, And I I mean, I made a note that like my favorite parts of it is when it's just Bill Murray messing around with that baby and like making all (laughs) kinds of baby jokes and stuff. Like all of that was so cute. And it's like my favorite part. I could watch a whole three men and a baby with yeah. <laughs> just Bill Murray. Oh that would my be God, so fun, right? And also, too, like his chemistry with Sigour- with Sigourney Re- bleh, with Sigourney Weaver mm-hmm. made me feel like, dang, Bill Murray can get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, it, especially with that hairstyle, something which is very, totally gone. Yeah, it was still something very sexy about him and that character. Mm-hmm. You know, he does that sort of pompous 
They hate it when you do this. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it really works. Yeah. So I I have like so few positive feelings about this. This is just sort of like emblematic of weak sequel to me. I actually reached out to friend of the show Dan Amrick, who's the yeah. biggest Ghostbusters fan I know. He did a I commentary said, with us, and you can get that on Patreon.com. Wants to come on and tell me about the good parts that I'm missing. And he said, no. He just he doesn't have enough positive things to say. He pretty much pretends this doesn't really exist. It's, it's yes. not canon oh, wow. for him. And and I'm I'm glad I don't have his because Dan is upset. He's built his own proton packs and oh wow and stuff yeah. like that. Like uh, yeah, it's like the first thing you see when you walk into his house. He has a fully functioning proton pack just yeah. on the wall. That's and, cool. And, it's rad. And so I'm glad I didn't have his experience where like this offended me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm waiting for half a decade for this mm-hmm. to come out. That's even longer than like. The fucking the Star Wars release schedule, the three year schedule. It's it seems like a nightmare. Uh, but hey, this 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 I don't know. I still remember so many scenes fondly, mm-hmm. and I love the soundtrack. Um, it is just so so not comparable. It, yeah. Like I used to be of like it's just as good. It is not. Yeah. Oh it, god, no. It is not. Nope. Nope. It's weak. Very very. I'm sad sure. Man. I'm sure there's plenty of people that they have nostalgic affection for it. They like this part or that part. But if you yeah, if you just sort of take it on a, as a whole, it just, no. But I mean, I think no. that's the point. I, I mean, I feel like what we're coming away from this then is that it's weak, but I'm still glad I watched it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't okay. think that it's oh, like. I'll watch it whenever it's on. Yeah, it's not a movie you should skip necessarily. Yeah, you if should this totally is something see it. that you're interested in, it's just compared to the original. They uh, control yeah. a Statue of Liberty bukkake in pink slime with a Nintendo Advantage controller. It mm-hmm. is, look, you're not going to see that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, no, I, it, yeah, you're right. The, if, if you want to watch it, you can watch it, and it's fine, whatever. We have a Harold Ramis movie coming up to bookend the show. Much worse. That I cannot <laughs> in any way say, like, yeah, fine, whatever, watch it on an afternoon. No, we have a, we have a, you should actively avoid movie. It's a huge bummer. <laughs> it's a huge, it's a huge bummer, and I, I don't feel that way about Ghostbusters too. It's just like watching, like I never had the feeling about the movie until I watched them back to back, and that was that was just last year. And uh, it, it, again, I don't want to, I don't want to express that it's a huge bummer. I'm, I'm excited. There's a new 4K remaster of mm-hmm. the movies that I. Trying not to buy myself because I own I've owned this movie a thousand fucking times. <laughs> uh, but but I don't know. Ghostbusters is largely pleasant memories, and I yeah. and and you you can easily see why. Uh, I I will say like uh, the criticisms I read was that it feels very first drafty, hmm. and then I was mm-hmm. you know going back over it and like it does have this like we got to reunite the band, get the band back together, and like. Mm-hmm. Man, the Blues Brothers movie did this faster, and we'd never met the band before. <laughs> this takes forever to start the movie again, that which, is which true. normally, you, you, yeah, you see a sequel. It's like we don't have to establish all this stuff or the plausibility of whether ghosts exist because the right. last movie did that, right? And they do it again, and they're like, "No, you should have done this." This came out twenty years later, not five years later. Like, that's, hit the ground running. That's the part that didn't make any sense to me in a children's movie about ghosts but this part didn't make sense to me is that like the city officials were like no these men are crazy it's like really do we all have collective amnesia like yeah i kind of like the idea that the liability killing them the idea like well you destroyed a lot of property Mm -hmm. so you are bankrupt now and you have to do kids parties like okay fine but yeah the idea that it's like I think, you know, you could come up with some sort of waiver for the liability issues mm-hmm. in that everyone saw a fucking Stay Puft Marshmallow Man the size of the Met walk down the street. Yeah, and, and maybe if they didn't see that, 
or on the news because there's no YouTube. They saw the the remnants of it. Sure. <laughs> the, the ground opened up and didn't close. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't get it at all. And I used to use that birthday party sequence uh, as a gift to like send to complainers about the new Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> like if you really want a Ghostbusters 3, it's just going to be Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson dancing around. Because yeah. there's two people who don't seem to want to come. I don't know what Harold Ramis' problem is, but... Yeah, man, he needs to get together. Get a better attitude, Harold. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, well, that's the thing. that We live in a world now where Ghostbusters 3 is on the way mm-hmm. in the show and <laughs> in the third segment. What I consider ghost, the true Ghostbusters 3. We'll talk about that. I, mm. I'm, I'm so happy we get to do that in the mm-hmm. same. I didn't know. I, I was in, the, in, I was in the, an industry where we should have noticed that. that it, like in the same week, 20 years to the almost to the day, we did get a yeah. Ghostbusters 3. But there's a Ghostbusters 3 in the works. Uh, and I, I did. I pretty I liked the Ghostbusters. I didn't know. I never heard any, anybody call it Ghostbusters colon answer the call. By the way, no, never. Wait, are you talking about Lady Ghostbusters? Lady Ghostbusters. Lady Ghostbusters. That was called Answer the Call. Yes, oh, apparently. I was not aware apparently. Of that. Yeah, me I just either. call it. <laughs> I just call it Ghostbusters Three or whatever. My cat, the best name for my cat. <laughs> I can say I can say my least favorite part about that movie, uh, the the nods to the original cast. It's totally yeah. like it's totally yeah. like, it shatters everything. It's totally unnecessary, and I wish they hadn't done it. It slows down the especially Bill Murray's part. Slows down the movie to a crawl. Uh, but Ghostbusters 2, um, semi-recommended? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a folding laundry movie. Yeah, you can do worse. <laughs> yeah, on a Sunday afternoon it, it comes on. three folded shirts <laughs> for Sarah's folding laundry matrix. <laughs> I'm telling you, the Rick Moranis stuff is really good. It's just like, it's not why you're in a Ghostbusters movie. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll move out of Ghostbusters 2. I still say, see that shit. Um, and a really light week for TV, but a couple yeah. uh, notable things. I don't even know how I have this listed here. Um, say goodbye to Hollywood Squares on yeah. the 16th. Hollywood Squares goes away for, for now. A while. It comes back, mm-hmm. but it was definitely nine years. Nine years and it, it needs was, a little whoopee in its system and then uh, right? comes roaring back. But it was a staple for a long time and probably the way a lot of people know about older movie and television stars <laughs> including Paul Lind I think did like a some time oh, so it's, in a Hollywood the Paul Square. Lind era is being canceled now I'm pretty My sure word. that's how it ended yeah no. don't forget to use your nails boys <laughs> uh, yeah I don't I, I never watch this but I love I listen to too many old comedian podcasts where they just they love this show mm-hmm. a bunch yeah. of comedians making like the dirtiest filthiest jokes in midday oh yeah and, oh yeah this one one of the biggest surprises I've ever heard in a podcast was listening to Gilbert Gottfried's podcast when he had Peter Marshall on who was the first host going back to the 60s and he's like he spills the tea on everybody. Ooh, I it's love it. It's like he has so many behind the scenes stories of just all kinds of yeah, like <laughs> Paul Lynn complaining about the juice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and just like I like, I what? Yeah. I always wanted to do a laser time about like you know, we, we always think like society was more homophobic the further you go back in the past, but like Charles Nelson Riley, half his jokes are about how gay he is mm-hmm. and how much he's <laughs> how much he's doing it, and like the, no one gave a fuck, no one even knew or questioned the sexuality, yeah. and it's all over the place. But okay, so in terms of content, mm-hmm. um, this is a weird one, super weird. Uh, the Married with Children episode, yeah. Uh, I'll see you in court. I looked into this a little bit as mm-hmm. well, and it is a very 
what a weird episode. And yeah, very unsurprising that it got pulled. I think. Well, that's I think if you so I'll see. It's called I'll see you in court. It is pulled from the airwaves this mm-hmm. week in 1989 in America. Mm-hmm. It did air in places that are not America, but it didn't air in America until 2002. <laughs> It was gone. It was like the Fox is just like, there's no way this is going on the air. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that it was that rivaled. It was that it was right after we talked about this on an episode of 302010 this year, I think, uh, called The the Camping Trip. It was originally titled A Period Piece where Mm -hmm. all the women's periods sync up on a camping trip. Mm -hmm. It's real. Mm -hmm. It's a Um, myth. It's real. No. It's false. If it's a full moon. If it's a, it's a full moon. We all get our moon sickness at the <laughs> yeah. same time. So the complaints from that episode mm-hmm. were rolling in. Mm-hmm. So now Married with Children is a target. And this episode just has some like lightly ribald jokes about sex. Well, but the basis of the whole episode mm-hmm. is that I believe... Uh, uh, no, Sarah. The main, <laughs> the main couple... Peg and Al. Peg and Al. Thank you. I totally blanked on their names are staying somewhere where they discover a hidden camera. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, they see a tape of Jefferson and Marcy fucking. Right. And then it turns <laughs> out they were fi- also filmed fucking after they watched the tape because someone in the... What's that documentary where the guy films people in the hotel fucking? It's really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. Garden State. No, it's not <laughs> Garden State. Uh, but but they, they go to court to sue these people. Yeah. And there's, mm-hmm. there's some... I don't know, but that's the thing. Like, it became this lost episode. But the joke was the point of the episode is that they had to prove that they actually had sex (laughs) in order to like show that there Uh, was a problem here. There was an offense. Yeah, and so there were a lot of jokes about you know how long people lasted during sex and stuff like that. And so you know it was pretty raunchy. Like, well, I think I think jokes jokes like that snuck in and married with children all the time. Mm -hmm. But this is just like on the face. It's all about it. Like. Yeah. Talk about sex now. And it's like, not a throwaway <laughs> joke at like the end of a scene about something else. So like they're getting all this heat from watchdog groups and well, one particular the... lady, especially oh, who's that? Yeah, I can't uh, remember her name, but she like already had this in her sights, and she yeah, kind of said had a it boner all. Boner for married with children, mm-hmm. and I love saying that about her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and 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 so Fox is like, no, let's not risk it. Like we're about we're, we're getting our asses eaten a lot. <laughs> Alive, sure. I'm making it even dirtier by these uh, by these concerned groups, and like this is just going to raise red flags. Mm-hmm. And kept demanding cuts. The writers like, "Fuck it, this uh, this episode is not salvageable if you want this many cuts." And mm. it became the lost episode of Married with Children uh, 30 years ago, and it didn't air for another uh, 13 years until it hit the Jeez. FX airways. Yeah, did not air in America. It wasn't on DVD. If you were in Australia or England. No such qualms with sure, sex. And, could, and the episode yeah, aired. More boobs, please. <laughs> yep. Put it on after 9 p.m. and who cares? Mm-hmm. It was just us Americans. and uh, But that is it for television because it's the summer and it's the 80s. And it means, yeah, yeah go out and have fun. Yeah. Uh, so, see some fireworks. That is it for television. No games to speak of. But some new music releases for 1989. Uh, oh, so many. Mm-hmm. I, I, I Honestly, like every, let me, behind the scenes, uh, if we have something that's new, that's number one, that's what we're going out with. And it breaks my heart when we have something bad to go out with and we have good new releases and I want to play one of those. Yeah. The hope, and I don't get. And it looks like a lot of these aren't going to hit number one. Oh, Diana. No, none of them are going to hit number one, Bend but they're rules. all so much better and more memorable. 
Bend your rules. Uh, but yeah, what the, the Lord taketh away with television, oh, it giveth with summer uh, or summer music jams. Yes. It's uh, always a good time for music. And we got some new music releases. 1989, uh, June 14th to the 20th. Uh, no One Can Do It Better by the DOC. I don't know the DOC. <laughs> uh, Shares Heart of Stone, which yeah. includes If I Could Turn Back Time. Oh, hell yeah. It's, it's uh, one of the most... Little Christopher really liked that video. Girl. Uh, Jesus Christ. That video oh. is something else. I mean, it she- was it was controversial. She's wearing a thong and she's over 40 and, and our brave American sailors are there. And but she, she's wearing a thong it. and just kind of prancing around like the opening of Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> well, well, there's, well, there's giant metal dicks that our tax dollar pays Which for. Which at like, one point she all jumps on her. top of and starts writing. So yeah. it's, it's intense. It's ridiculous. If you were a little kid and porn didn't exist, you you have had to watch this video. It has nothing to do with the lyrics of the song in any way. Like, I know. <laughs> she's just like, look, uh, my body is hot mm-hmm. to trot. Let's do this, Let's do boys. This. Let's show it off. Yeah. Uh, and that is out this week. And Extreme Aggression by Creator, Soul Provider by uh, Michael Bolton's Big Hit. Yes. Wow. I mean, oh, yeah. every time I get a couple drinks in me, I always force me and Aaron the girl to sing How Can We Be Lovers If We Can't Be Friends. <laughs> because it has that great part in the middle where it just like everything stops and then he really belts it out and I really feel it in my soul. <laughs> it's provided but me that's with what the man plenty does. Of, uh, of feelings. It's certainly not as good. Oh, good, because we've got one of my favorite sing-along songs uh, mm-hmm. this week too. I'll just yeah. skip ahead to The Real Thing by Faith No More, which includes Epic, yeah. which is the best drunk sing-along song ever because it's just screaming. I'm into Love that. Uh, oh, so much fun. Uh, as well as Mr. Biggs, self-titled debut, and, uh, and uh, Prince's Batman soundtrack. With Bat Next Dance week, Bat Friends. Which hopefully you can... I, I just remember like Prince was the only person who was good at getting his music off the internet for a long time. Yeah. This is a hard song to find. And there's a whole video for it, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, with a lot of like dancing jokers in it, and you can't see it. Oh, yeah? You cannot legally see it. And, uh, and the debuts of The Offspring, uh, their self-titled album, as well as Nirvana's Bleach. Jesus yes. Christ. It's a fucking great week. And what's number one? New Kids on the Block. Mm. Not even like one of their ones that we remember that much. Just, I'll be loving you, parentheses, forever. Why? Why? Why the parentheses? Why the parentheses? Like, I, I think I have a rule in my brain. If you have a parenthetical in your song title, like, you got to... What are you doing? Dude, you got to make choices as an Why? artist. Like, Edit. Say it. Say <laughs> it. it. That's a rule writers have. Like, yeah. don't say anything. Don't whisper something in parentheticals. <laughs> Fucking say that shit. Say it. Uh, I'll be loving you forever by New Kids on the Block. It's number one, and that's what we'll be closing out with. But stay tuned, because there's still more Ghostbusters to talk about. You know, guys, we overshare a lot on 302010, so I don't think I'm out of line by saying sexual performance issues are more common than you think. Over 25% of new erectile dysfunction cases are guys under 40, just like you. But thankfully, you have more options than ever, thanks to 4hims.com, a one-stop shop for hair loss, skincare, and sexual wellness for men. And you lucky listeners can get your first month for just five bucks by going to 4hims.com slash TTT. That's three T's. For real, don't get defrauded online by sketchy marketplaces. 
4Hims provides convenient access to U.S. doctors online and real medicine dispensed from American pharmacies. Quit messing around with weird solutions, man. Turn to science. They can make ED optional. It's completely confidential and discreet, and there are no more in-person doctor's visits or long pharmacy lines. Save a couple hours and a lot of money. Hims has been featured in GQ, Men's Health, Esquire, and Playboy. And now my favorite part, Hims is hard, mateys. <laughs> I love saying that. So get your first month of Hims for just five bucks. That's right. We'll get you started for just five bucks while supplies last and subject to doctor approval. See the website for full details and safety information. And remember, this could cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So go to forhims.com slash TTT. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash three T's. Once again, that's forhims.com slash TTT. with Jennifer Lopez, If You Had My Love, which is number one. I swear I did not recognize that song by the title, but oh, this is like a huge, yeah, I, I don't know. This is a huge hit for her. I, I mm-hmm. like Waiting for Tonight. I like a fast jam. Me too. Uh, yeah. And yeah, that's what I prefer. Uh, but there's, hey, welcome to 1999. Nothing says 1999 more than Jennifer Lopez, who would really never leave the zeitgeist the next three decades. True. It's a bad segue, but uh this, nothing is more 90s than Mace. <laughs> and he's one of our new releases. Holy shit, was this like a weird a weird fall. Because like, man, Mace's Harlem World, like that came out, like was it the previous summer? Mm. Or two mm. summers ago? That shit was yeah. everywhere. Everybody mm-hmm. had that album. Like just him standing next to Puff Daddy in a couple songs, like he was, it was one of the biggest albums uh, of the decade. Mm-hmm. And this album's like... So what is <laughs> Double Up, Mace's uh, last album before retiring to become a preacher. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. He came back, though. Yeah, of course he did. Of course he did. Har- Harlem World Needs a Ruler. Uh, but there's also <laughs> new releases. Jesus, this decade's all over the place already. Uh, oh, yeah. Erase the State by Dokken. If, yeah. if it's a Dokken song Dokken. and not about Freddy Krueger, I am not interested. <laughs> uh, Everything You Want by Vertical Horizon. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, the worst. He- heavy by Heavy D. Say goodbye to the boys. Uh, schizophrenic, no. Jerry Hallwell's uh, uh, solo debut. Uh, this or that by Sway and King Tech. Goddamn um, Supernatural by Santana. Oh, man. Woo! It's coming, bitches. Oh, no. <laughs> I'd rather be listening to it. And the self-titled debuts of the 702s and a little bad called the White Stripes. White Stripes. Yeah. It's, it remind, every, every year I'm like... Whatever happened to Meg White? I need to look into that. Mm-hmm. She just went away forever. She uh, did. What yeah. a cute drummer. Uh, but yes, welcome to 1999, everyone. June 14th to the 20th. Had a little news to bring you into this segment. Uh, this will help you solidify what was happening around you this decade. Uh, on the 19th, Stephen King is hit by a van. Uh-oh. Yeah. What a strange... I'm, I'm guessing you know a little more about the actual accident, Diana? Because like, I remember this happening, and, mm-hmm. and then... Mm-hmm. It's just weird that an accident like this was major news for years. I remember Stephen King would appear on talk shows or like Fresh Air, and half of it would be about this, him being hit by a car. (laughs) Right. Well, he got deeply fucked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, It collapsed his lung. He had multiple fractures on his leg. It looked like they were going to have to amputate it. Uh, His hip was broken pretty bad. He had to have five surgeries in 10 days. 
wow. Because this guy driving a van. Now, what exactly happened is unclear. Um, one theory is he had his dog in the car and the dog was getting riled up. And so he was swerving a little bit. Just straight out of a Stephen and King I movie. Hit, I hit Stephen King. Maybe the van was haunted. Yes. You know, Stephen King stood up and said, thin. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, he he got really fucked up by this. And then eventually the driver committed suicide. Oh, no. Um, And uh, Stephen King, you know, written about it and written about the recovery. And he said, I quit because the recovery is just so hard. I don't want to write anymore. Of course not. He's written like 18,000 novels Mm -hmm. since then. Well, yes. And because of that, we have Dreamcatcher. Is that really? Oh, dear God. Yeah, apparently he wrote that while on pain pills. So that makes explains sense. Explains a lot of it. But wasn't part of it too that like it was so eerie that, you know, he got hit by this van. He wrote Misery. Directed, uh, what, what was that movie he directed uh, with Emilio Estevez and the, <laughs> the Raging Car? He wrote Christine. Right. Uh, again, Thinner is about a gypsy taking revenge on someone who hits their daughter with a car. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it figures in heavily to a lot of Stephen King stuff. Uh, the Joe bo- is about being trapped in a car. The, You're right. There we go. It's everywhere. The body is about Ray Brower being hit by a train car. Train? Car? No. Train car? Okay. Train car? Nah, it's a reach. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um. Pet cemetery? <laughs> yeah. You had to drive but, there. It's oh, in Maine. Hit by, yep. Oh, Lots yeah. of things getting hit by cars yes. in that one. Yes. The Langoliers. I think there was a flying car on the front of that the <laughs> box. I never saw it. Um, but, and I do think that the, the the end of the story is pretty great that I think Stephen King eventually bought the van and destroyed it by hand. Ooh. Well, he wanted to. It turns out that was his plan. And he was upset that like it happened. They, they crushed it before he could get his paws on it. Some some guys bought it just to keep it from becoming like celebrity death car. Mm. And then they crushed it. And he's like, I wanted to beat it up. <laughs> Which I super am behind. Don't, if, if that ever happens to me or anyone I know, if I get like hit by a car and injured or killed or whatever, you buy that car. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. beat the shit out of it that, for that, charity. That would have been an Oscar nominee for short form documentary. If, yes, just, if that would have happened. For sure. Um, and and this, is, this is huge news because this, you know, wasn't, as easy as it is now, where right now Apple looks at my face and takes my money, uh, but PayPal launches this week, 20 years ago, yep. and that was a huge deal, because I don't think I it used... a e- huge deal. I don't think we fully appreciate how much that changed the internet. Yeah, I, l- I looked at... a secure way to buy shit. I think oh, yeah. eBay was a little popular, but like I remember looking at it before PayPal was a big thing, and like... I don't know. I'm gonna pay for any of this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I don't know. I, I would love to buy these He-Man figures, but like, yeah. And, like, like, when, and once PayPal made it super easy, like, it's 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 bizarre. It still exists. Whenever I see a commercial for PayPal, I'm like, was my four percent part of your marketing budget? You guys don't do anything but move my money around. Uh, but yeah, it launches this week, and I, there's that terrible Luke Wilson movie. That's but it's fascinating called The Middlemen. And it's mm-hmm. about the guys who created credit card transactions for the internet exclusively for porn, of course. Sure. But like yeah. that revolution, there was no way to transfer money over the internet for kind of a while. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and and they they made billions off of pioneering that technology. And, yep. But, and now uh, Peter Thiel uses it for evil. Yes. Good job, Pete. Yes. Yay. To shut down Gawker in the name of Hulkamania. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yes, welcome to 1999, everyone. Um, I can't go one podcast without mentioning Hulk Hogan. Um, June 14th uh, through the 20th movies. Everybody, 
Desert Blue. We all saw it. We all loved it. Mm-hmm. Do we really need to talk about it? Sure. No, Di- Brendan sure. Sexton, Kate Hudson, Casey Affleck, and Christina Ricci. That's a fascinating cast. It's a fascinating cast where, yeah, the, the head guy is Brendan Sexton the third, who unfortunately has not had as much of a career as Kate Hudson, Casey Affleck, or Christina Ricci. We got uh, one Oscar winner, one Oscar nominee in there. Um, it's about a small town in the desert, and an actress gets stuck there, and this guy has a dream of building a water park in the middle of the desert, and there's love a lot it. of small town fucking around in the desert. Ooh, I love it. Ooh, that sounds good. Um, yeah, oh, my God. And this, and this... And then I was so happy to see what was coming next because... I was looking for the trailer line. Yeah, yeah, yes. It. Okay, so you're with me on this. I knew Chris was going to bring this up. Yeah, yep. yeah. Because I, I, I've, I've, we talked about this. I've wondered, but not very hard for years, what James Woods was referring to in this trailer for uh, the General's Daughter, starring him, of course, America's Rose, James Woods, Timothy Hutton, uh, James Cromwell, Madam Slow, and John Travolta. From the producer of Clear and Present Danger. Oh no. General's daughter. Do you have any suspects? Everyone. Before you arrest anyone, you notify me. And the director of Con Air. You're going to have to decide on this one. Are you a soldier or a policeman? Why was she murdered? Profit, revenge, jealousy to conceal a crime or plain old homicidal mania. Were you aware of Elizabeth's extracurricular activities? It was kept confidential. What, she violated a code? She cheated? She lied what? Worse. Oh, my God. See, okay, so I'm not watching this fucking movie, but All I did, right, well, I did I look at what's, this what's fucking movie, so I can tell you what's but, worse than rape. Yeah. What's worse than rape and murder? Uh, I guess well, multiple rape. Technically, yes, but <laughs> you know what's worse than rape? Betrayal. Oh, oh in the military, I can I see that. Get that? Yeah. Yeah, here, I'll spoil this for you right now because it has a graphic scene of sexual assault, so there's not a lot of reason to watch this. Also, it's one of those movies where there's, it's the economy of characters rule, or is it, there's one character who hasn't really impacted the plot. Oh, he did it. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be that guy. Yeah, and, you, Timothy Hutton. And reading the, and reading the description, the general's daughter was uh, gang-raped by military dudes at West Point, now can only yeah. get off on violent film sex from multiple people then restages it to taunt her father. Right. And- because her dad basically says it would be bad for women in the military if we make this a thing. So I'm going to help cover up your gang rape. Yes. Okay. That's what's worse than rape. Okay. A cover up betrayal. Okay. Wait, I, I don't know. I'm so glad I never saw this, but it, yeah. it did really well. Yeah, no, it did. It did really well. And I mean, it's decently well made, but like I said, like there's not, enough suspects and there's a bit of slut shaming of the victim and eh, James Woods is pretty good in it too. It's also, it's weird cause it's a military movie while don't ask, don't tell was still in effect. Mm-hmm. So that becomes like a plot thing. Ooh, better not be having no threesomes, not in the mil- not yeah. <laughs> while serving in God's army. Certainly not. Uh, yeah. Don't but, see this ah, movie. Not It's a minor footnote compared to the next couple of movies we get to talk about. So let's, oh, yeah. let's move on. Uh, Franca, Potent- how, do I say, how do I say that time? Potenta. Potenta. In a movie that's very, very good and very 90s. Yeah! Run, Lola, run. Um, yep. it's we got- have no trailer clips because it's in German. It's in. I love that it's it's the namesake for one of my favorite comedies ever, Run, Ronnie, Run, that oh, no yeah. one else will remember anymore <laughs> than true. Mr. Show movies titled after. I actually have seen that, yeah, but not you? Run, Lola, run. How have you seen that? Uh, oh, 
think about who my husband oh, is. Oh, right. We were really obsessed <laughs> with that show. Uh, but yeah, Run, Lola, Run, a fucking fascinating movie. What's the director's name on that? Tom Twyker. Yeah, Tom yeah. Tom Twyker. Uh, co-director of Cloud Atlas, a movie I oh, love yeah. uh, standing up for. Uh, him and the Wachowskis. But, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, it's a movie like we need a shorthand for this kind of concept because we already have like a Rashomon movie where you see the same thing from different points of view. Right. Mm-hmm. This is this is like a butterfly effect type thing. Yeah, meets, where... meets sliding doors. Sli- yeah, sliding doors I guess is, is the best thing. And that was like last year too. Mm-hmm. Huh. But um, it's about this girl uh, whose boyfriend is like a low-level mob guy. He just lost a bunch of money and she's got 20 minutes to try to go get some money for him and stop him from robbing a supermarket. And so she cool. takes off running and she runs and she tries to talk to her dad and he's got some shit going on and she can't get the money. And then she runs and runs and then it starts over Yeah, and she has to do it again. Yeah. But this time she's a little bit slower and that changes how everything comes out. Yeah. It's, and it's, then they wow. do it again and it's a little bit faster than the first time. Yeah. It's three different version scenarios for how to solve this dilemma. And it's, cool. it's pretty interesting. I, I've seen it like yeah. three times. I, I, it's, it's, it, I don't know. I feel like I'm underselling it here. But it's it's I don't know super stylized. It's a really fun film to watch. Yeah, uh, it's, it's it's really fun. It was fun. I I watched a bunch of the movies from two thousand nine segment, which were all terrible. And I just <laughs> I have to rewatch this. I don't care how late I stay up. I have to rewatch this just to cleanse my palate and remember it. And I loved it. Um, it is pretty nineties. It's got that super Eurotech soundtrack. Oh yes. Um, it also it has some like digital footage in it, which looks like bad digital footage yeah um and there's you know sort of grainy shaky 90s ish stuff going on but it's has really nice attention to detail like little shit that i never noticed before it's like in one version she's running and like the second train car is moving past which is there and then another version the train has just showed up because she's like that much faster cool um yeah it's it's just interesting and fun and i would like to see more movies like that it feels very Handmade and sort of low budgety, and it, it feels like the thing that that kind of launches on Netflix every other week, but mm-hmm. would never make a theater anymore. But mm-hmm. like, I, I don't know, yeah. I don't know what to call the genre. But like, oh, what a neat little premise for a film! I'll totally see that. Yeah, and totally. It, it, it was very rewarding. I like this movie a lot, uh, and yeah. you should see it. It is super worth watching again if you haven't seen it. Watch it three times. <laughs> sometimes with the subtitles on, sometimes with it off, sometimes I, with it. Folding laundry. There you go. There. And as far as a movie goes that um, huh, I have a weird relationship with, but uh, got to give it up for the most successful version of this movie in like 50 years. True. I did look it <laughs> yes. up. And this movie is made every five years and it never works. Mm-hmm. But Disney found yeah. a way uh, with a little help from Rosie O'Donnell, Wayne Knight, Lance Henriksen, Nigel Hawthorne, Glenn Close, Brian Blessed, Blessed, uh, Minnie Driver, and Tony Goldwyn and Tarzan. Yep. Walt Disney Pictures proudly presents Tarzan. Ooh, ooh. And this yeah. movie's not bad. Every trailer, I like this. Every trailer is just the, the visuals, too. Mm. There's, like, no trailers with, with dialogue that tell you what this is. Well, I, and it drove me insane because the visuals are, they're right. That's what sells this movie, man. It's right. a beautiful yeah. meshing of digital and hand-drawn mm. animation. And uh, yeah, it made for some of the worst Kingdom Hearts levels, but 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 yeah, like uh, and, and I think part of it is 
we're living in a world where Frozen 2 was almost upon us. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. this is Disney really, really trying to shake off. Like, no, we don't do musicals and weird stuff anymore. Right. We make regular animated movies. So they're, it's the first Disney movie with no real music in it that doesn't have mm-hmm. Donald's nephews no. in it. No, I mean, but no one's, no one's singing the songs. Yeah. Right. They're just in the background. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's like the first time that happened. Yeah. Because they were so... But there of, are characters a couple songs. No, there are a ton of songs. Phil Collins won an Oscar for one of the worst songs ever in a Disney movie. Uh, yep. <laughs> next year. I concur. Wait, we, we are not going out with that one. We're going out with one of the good ones. Oh, please tell me, Son of Is Man. It, That's a good one. There's huh. a Stevie Wonder in there, too, right? What? I, I, well, I don't know. Is there a Stevie Wonder song on this one? I don't know. It's been a minute. I did a recital dance to one of them. I, I oh. tell you what, I have my anger at, at Tarzan... Uh, Disney's Tarzan because in one of the Disney parks, I think it's Disneyland. Uh, ah. Yeah, Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse became Tarzan's treehouse, and it doesn't yeah. enhance anything. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know this Tarzan. I gotta put it sort of with Hunchback of Notre Dame for me in that like they they realize how dark they were getting, and then they would throw in cute scenes. Like there's a cute scene where like the gorillas in and they go into the camp and they play drums on the pots, and it's really cute. And it's like if you cut that shit. <laughs> then I would be so much happier and let's just go with the dark, dark, fucked up nonsense about like these savages need to be civilized and uh, also the bad guy like gets hanged and it's nasty. That's it. That is Ooh, one of the yeah. grisliest scenes, that death sequences rough. in any Disney movie. Like yeah. for real, like it it, you see a shadow of a, of a neck getting snapped. It's yeah. fucked up. Any hanging is, yeah. is terrible to yeah. put on film. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. And, and, and also, Tarzan can get it. <laughs> it is strange. I don't know. Um, My God, they drew him sexy. Yeah, but like, who taught him to shave? <sighs> who, like, well, I know. Dread his hair. Naturally hairless. And then, I remember, like, it, it's embarrassing. Like, I remember them playing it up. Like, yeah, we want to take Tarzan's style from, like, modern skateboarding and inline skating. And that's how he, like, surfs mm. over trees. That is embarrassing. But it still looks cool. But it looks amazing. It's, it looks yeah, really cool. It looks really good. It's really well done. It's grounded in something uh, ridiculous and pandering, but, like, mm-hmm. it still looks neat. Again, mm-hmm. a bad Kingdom Hearts level. And I believe because of Director Association Chris Buck, he's it's officially part of the uh, Frozen canon. Oh. That like the parents went huh. down on the same oh, ship right. or some shit. That's right. Yeah, because uh, huh. it's the same yeah. director for both films. He confirmed this, which you know, eh, whatever. Why? Whatever. Why do we need to like, do that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, why do I need to look at a Reddit conspiracy Can we thread? Just have Belzer World and leave it at that. I mean, it's this is written <laughs> by a guy who didn't never lived to see Walt Disney, Edgar yeah. Rice Burroughs. <laughs> but it, it's bizarre, yeah. just because like um, Disney always adapts public domain stories and. Mm-hmm. Now it's Tarzan, which, you know, uh, Sarah and I are from Tallahassee and like locally the Tarzan movies made their name of being shot down here. And I don't think anybody other than the, oh, like no one knows shit about those fucking movies or Greystroke or whatever the fuck Casper Van Deem. It was in the Sam Jackson Tarzan movie from a few years ago. They make, they make a Tarzan movie every couple of years and no one wants it. Nobody cares. But the Disney one is stuck around. Mm Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's crazy. well done. I feel like they just they they nail a lot of things that needed nailing. Like there aren't, you know, there isn't like an offensive Ooga Booga tribe. Mm-hmm. That's nice. And yeah, it's got, like I said, it's got the talking animals, and you could cut some of that and make me happy. But the kids like it, so I understand why it's there. I like the elephant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they're not, they're not, and they're not afraid to get kind of spooky. You know, like he's a baby and he's almost eaten by this scary leopard. And there's like his paw prints and blood all over his parents' house, and their bodies are there. And it's like, 
Oh, shit. Yeah, well, that I, is I think, rough. I think that's the this secret. This is kind of a dark-ass story you guys are working with. Again, like Hunchback, I'm not sure why you picked this one, but <laughs> well, okay. Well, I think that's that's the secret, is that it's a Disney movie, so we accept a little more classical pap from a Disney movie than we'd mm-hmm. accept from a mm-hmm. new movie with Casper Van Team and Sam Jackson in and it. And a lot more <laughs> parental death. Yeah, a yeah. A lot more. I still, I still see people complaining about it. Didn't you believe they killed... Parents and Lion King, like fuck off! I, I don't know of any story I liked as a Every kid movie. where the kids weren't our orphans. Yeah, it's a better tale. That's because then they have to solve their own problems. Yeah, it, it, it's just like not everybody can have the book smart, super supportive parents in it. Like oh, have God, them dead. You so can pretend good. they were supportive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but Tarzan, it's number one uh, with the bullets. And yes. yeah, I was thinking of Stevie Wonder. I believe that was Mulan. Was Be True to Your Heart? Mm, don't sure know. That was it. Anyways, I'm not sure. It was like a Stevie Wonder and like 98 Degrees collab. Oh. Huh. Uh, was it on the mm. DVD? Maybe. They, they used to do new new versions of the songs on DVD, starting with mm-hmm. Snow White Platinum Edition, mm-hmm. Barbra Streisand. That's, that's, it's so like Whoa. the era where now they pick like a Disney radio Demi star. Lovato yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Like the first one was Barbra Streisand. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on to television, uh, June 14th to the 20th, 1999. Uh, Stanley Cup, clack them sticks together and get ready for some touchdowns. We don't know shit about sports. The Dallas Stars <laughs> beat the Buffalo Sabres, but I did read this is the last time the NHL on Fox uh, air. It airs for the final time. Hmm. Fox oh. made a huge effort. We made so much fun of that a few years ago in 302010. And I, I encourage you to find the clips of Fox animating the puck, like adding a yeah. fire trail <laughs> to the puck. And it was, oh, so you could watch, so you could see it, like yes, follow it. Yes, so you yeah, could, that's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea in the slightest. But I mean, like, they also uh, uh, had two hockey players collide, and then like in real time, had them explode and <laughs> into oh pieces my. in front of each other. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun. There's no way I'd be able to follow hockey without something like that. I mean, I remember watching football, and like once they put the TV lines in for mm-hmm. like the um, first oh, yeah. first down line mm-hmm. and all that. Oh, it made it so much I easier. I get it now. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and oh goodness, uh, TV movie this week is this on TNT? Pirates of Silicon Valley. Yes. I believe it is. Um, I had to throw this in there because it became a running joke uh, with me and my husband when we were very first dating, where we had, um, I think neither of us had cable maybe, and it was like when we were hanging out, we had to watch something on usually tape or just a couple DVDs. One of the few DVDs we had was Run the Little Run, and uh, I was like, well, what do you want to watch? And he would keep saying. Well, I got uh, Pirates of Silicon Valley. It was pretty good. Why, Michael? And I'd always be like, bitch, we're watching Vertigo. And I'd just make him, make him watch good old movies that he hadn't seen. And so for 20 years now, I have refused to watch this on principle. That's good. Stay strong. I forgot. I forgot. Like, he, he, Michael revealed that on like a recent podcast because I'm like, Michael knows his movies. And like, here's a little secret. I don't know shit about movies. He's just <laughs> an articulate well-read person mm-hmm. who does likes almost exclusively video games. It's you, Diana. It, if, like yep. Any movie that came out before you, there's like a 20-year span, he knows nothing about. Mm. Nothing. Mm, uh, yeah. You fixed him in terms of Pretty movies. Much. Video Game Apocalypse every Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yep. And is- I've learned many things from him, but I refuse to learn about uh, the founding of Apple or Microsoft, which oh, I is- could have learned from a TV movie, but I refuse. And so is Anthony Michael Hall playing Stevie J? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no way Noah Wiley is fucking Steve Wozniak. That can't. Be. Oh no, I'm sorry. Noah Wiley is Jobs. Oh okay. Okay. That makes Anthony and Michael sense. Hall is an especially gross and twitchy. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Thank you. Why was I just blanking on his name? It's okay. That was really. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bill Gates and Steve Jobs were never ordinary kids. Why only computers? Because they do what you want them to. And while they didn't know it then, their paths would cross. There's something really going on out there in California. To change their lives and change the world. But I don't even think IBM knows who we are. Good. That's our stuff. You realize that's like stealing from a book? Dude, I'm Bill Gates, chairman of Microsoft. Uh, we wrote some of your language. It's good to see you. God, this looks deliciously terrible. I yeah. want to watch it right now. Lots of beardos. Yep. Oh. yep. There's a lot of yelling at the, you stole our interface. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Just, and you just know there's no widescreen version of this. It's mm-hmm. full screen forever. Oh, no. Mm. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. Mm. Yeah. No one cares. Fire to Silicon Valley, people. Let's really over-dramatize people coding. Uh, <laughs> video games in 1999, June 14th through the 20th. You'd think it, it wouldn't be cool, but it is. Uh, Heavy Gear 2, game mm-hmm. that's out, sequel to the game I don't know about. Descent 3, sequel to the game I don't know much about. Uh, but the really, really big one, um, a lot of the betas for a little game called Counter-Strike launched, oh, started getting uh, released this week. And I'm going to do this twice in this segment. Th- this is one of those rare things. Like Counter-Strike and Napster made me buy a computer. Oh. And because like I was super into both really, really, really hard. And mm-hmm. I spent money I did not have $2,500 on a brand new gateway computer uh, so I could experience both. But Counter-Strike, I was there in the beta stage, man. It was fucking crazy. A simple mod, an original Quake mod, but I think it went over to a Half-Life mod. You had to go buy Half-Life and you could download for free. All this stuff. And now Counter-Strike's just synonymous with Valve and Steam mm-hmm. because they... Yeah own the property now but like i remember this a beta would come out and like two of this my favorite stages are gone for what why and you just <laughs> go on and complain but like yeah it's like the first multiplayer thing i ever really got into and it was mm-hmm. fucking astonishing and it still it still ruins multiplayer for me to this day because um mm-hmm. i am a run and gunner i don't want to mm-hmm. learn my lessons or hide behind anything i want to go out there and shoot <laughs> as many people as fast as possible oh. But, so true for life. Yes. What a metaphor. Yeah. yeah. I want to spray everywhere. Yeah. Think about the consequences Learn nothing. later. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, uh, but Counter-Strike makes you wait around. So if you die, you got to sit around and watch your teammates and how they do. Whereas you know a lot of modern multi- die, respawn in five seconds, die, respawn in five seconds. But mm-hmm. this made me a better player because I have to wait and watch. And I remember, I remember I got good enough to be absorbed into a league sort of against my will and going to practice. Mm-hmm. Going to Counter-Strike <laughs> practice. Like that was... Oh, it makes me sick to my stomach just thinking about it. How to how to make games not fun? Uh, but yeah, man, every almost everyone you've heard, Florida people you've heard on this podcast, Halford, like uh, Melendez, Sam, we all yep. really bonded over Counter Strike, and we That's met true. lifelong friends through the fucking game, mm-hmm. like forever. Aww, heartwarming. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. We met a separate guild, and we we hung out with them for the next five years, and still talk to this day. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty nuts. But Counter-Strike, the beginnings of Counter-Strike, not CSGO or Source, the real deal, Counter-Strike. Uh, you got to buy a copy. I remember buying a copy of Half-Life and remembering a year later I owned Half-Life and I can play it and not Counter-Strike when I don't have the internet. Mm. Uh, I'll just play this game called Half-Life. Everyone calls it a masterpiece. I'm just using this to load CS. Uh, how about some books from 1999? Yeah. That's a terrible segue Ooh, from Counter-Strike. Sure. Um, yeah. Books a big nine- one. Actually, a pretty damn big one debuting mm-hmm. on the New York Times bestseller list. I missed the premiere, which was on June second, nineteen ninety nine. But Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, uh, the Philosopher oh. of Secrets, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the Chamber it's of Philosophers a series now. Yeah, so it debuts at number one. Mm-hmm. So 
that means uh, we already knew. I mean, the sorcerer's philosopher was a huge hit mm-hmm, out of the gate. Then. Mm-hmm. Really? And now, now everyone's right ready for this they're ripe for it basically and this is like the book where i kind of forgot because it's been a while since i read it we get a lot of information that plays out throughout the rest of the series in this book and colin creevy's introduced we get dobby (laughs) Dobby? yes Mm. tom riddle which really deepens the whole voldemort uh story and backstory and like i remember you know, the first one is a little fluffy. This mm-hmm. one gets darker. I mean, the whole idea of, you know, uh, Ginny Weasley having this diary that she's writing to mm-hmm. and then a mysterious person is writing her back and kind of grooming her in a way and mm-hmm. like getting her on his side and mm-hmm. putting her under his spells. Very dark. All of that's very dark. And then also, you know, the idea of, you know, mudbloods and all this race-based stuff is like right. This, that stuff doesn't it gets totally dark, make it into the fast. movies. Yeah, but it's a huge. It's yeah. It's we kind of see the movies is not getting dark until a couple in this. Well, the book gets real dark. The, the third book one. gets dark. The third one gets the second one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think I, I started, I started reading them when Azkaban was out. So mm-hmm. like, I wasn't, I was not here at this point. And I'm not even sure I'd heard of it. Or like how I would have heard because I was probably a little too old to be reading Harry Potter books. Yeah. Uh, this right is right in my wheelhouse. So mm. I was pretty stoked about it. So it's like didn't... a huge thing in schools. Like everyone's talking about the oh, new Harry yeah, Potter book. For sure. Same I mean, way. well, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I might have been a little old for it no! too. <laughs> um, it was either this one or the third one. I went to like the midnight release party yeah. at Barnes and Nobles, and yeah, I was the guy screaming spoilers Ooh. from the megaphone. Yeah, you're an asshole. <laughs> um, Serious yeah. black is Gary Oldman. Serious black is Gary Oldman. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, all the seven year olds are like, who? Oh, the guy from the Fifth oh. Element. <laughs> he was in the professional. <laughs> oh, that guy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. It must be. It must be around this time. That's why I started noticing people like on the train, like commuters and adults, were starting to read Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then having actually, to... I just realized. Oh, oh my god! I think this is the anniversary of me becoming a bus narc as a job. A what? Because that what? was right around the same time. I was a bus narc. <laughs> that was my job. It's an autobiography title. Please, please go on. Were yep. you paid for this? Uh, yeah, I was paid. I was technically a security officer for no. uh, the bus company um, here in San Francisco. You don't know uh, this, but Diane is like six foot five. Uh, yeah, you know, oh. it, was a, it was you know for my bouncing gig. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I had um, I got a ticket for being on a subway platform without my ticket or no, pass. You know, I had the money in my hand mm-hmm. because they had changed the rules about like I used to be. You could like run on board pass the pa- platform and go buy a ticket once you get on the train and they changed the rules and a cop stopped me and gave me a $75 ticket and he was super fucking rude about it and so I put my journalistic skills to work and I like looked up the civil code on this ticket and found out oh he has to be specially trained to give muni tickets and so like went to his uh this uh, like commanding officer to find out if he was specially trained and went to the uh, muni security headquarters non-police ones and i was asking the guy a bunch of questions and he said you're very observant would you like a job wow oh that's a cool story that is a cool it story a really bro cool story I thought, awesome. I thought it was gonna be a revenge that really backfired on you <laughs> no nope. you got well, sentenced he was, 
Yeah, well, the best thing was um, by this point, I had actually shown up for my court date, got my ticket, uh, explained to myself, and they get, they dropped the ticket down to 25 bucks. And then when I went and got this job, they gave me a muni pass, which was, was 35 bucks. So I could have just stopped there and profited. <laughs> for real. Uh, <laughs> no, they gave me a job. And so for nine bucks an hour, my job was to ride around on buses and watch the driver and make sure they weren't stealing or hurting disabled people. Did you ever report anyone? I did. I reported a a couple people. Okay, okay. And nothing happened because unions. (laughs) But they got a talking to, I guess. So that's something. Yeah, the big one was um, Americans with Disability Act violations. Hey, do you see that? that's important. See that nerdy girl with the Morrissey t-shirt? Like, be on your best behavior around her. (laughs) She's rough. Well, Well, it was so great because, like, I was still in college, so I could just bring all my work with me and just sit in the back of the bus. And just take a really long, meandering path around the city and get my work done. That's a, a pretty roundabout way to get... I guess I could romanticize that if I had... I've lived there for too long, so... Um, yeah. yeah. Well, the bus is called Muni, so my mom always said, I am a spy for the M-U-N-I. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Pretty like, good, Miss Goodman. That's romanticizing it. And then I could write about it for journalism class and not have to actually do research because I'm writing about myself. That's perfect. What? All the crazy shit I see on buses. How oh, fine. Yeah. You've had it. many lives, Diana. I have. Did you, yeah. by by chance, read The Girl's Guide to Hunting and Fishing? I did. I never did, but I saw a lot of people reading that, too. Yeah. Is this, is by this, Melissa Banks. Is this a cute title, or is it what it sounds like? Um. Well, it's definitely, I guess, would be considered chick lit. It's mm-hmm. a series of mm-hmm. short stories, and it's very, very good. And mm. I'm putting it in here because I love it. Ooh. And it was very highly critically acclaimed. Um, in fact, one of our mutual friends took an English class in college that was... I, I don't think it was called Chicklet. I think it was called Women in Literature, and this is one of the classes, one of the books on the syllabus. So it's, oh. it was pretty important for um, Chicklet, and it's great. And one of the stories is actually just now, I think, or has been kind of recently optioned to become a movie. Oh, shit. Yeah. So if you're looking for a great summer read, short stories are always a good way to go because you can put it down, pick it back up. Get in the ocean, come back out of the ocean, read another story. <laughs> okay. So I recommend this one. The Girl's Guide to Hunting and Fishing so by Melissa Banks. My joke. Girl's Guide to Hunting and Fishing. Rule number one, say ew a lot. Ew, 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 Antlers, ew, guts, fish guts. Ew, ew, ew. I could say Girl's Guide, but that is my reaction all of these And I have never been hunting nor fishing and I enjoy the book all the same. So there you go. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. And that about concludes our 1999 segments. Oh, but you know we got to go with some Phil Collins from Tarzan. Diana's favorite song, I'll just call the worst song because it's not Son of Man. But uh, it's it's Two Worlds, okay, One we Family. We can go out with Son of Man yes! if you'd prefer. But yes! Two Worlds, One Family <laughs> open and closes the movie and it's a lot of fun. Oh, Son of Man. Son of Man is, is the semi-official uh Song of the Laser Time Network. It must happen mm. uh, because okay. it, it was one yeah. of the first songs Brett sold me on. I do love this. It's 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 the only reason I think Phil Collins deserves to be alive. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey. Shut yeah. your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Did a lot of bad stuff. Did <laughs> a lot of bad stuff, including the soundtrack. Uh, took us took an Oscar away from the South Park musical. Bullshit. I'm okay with that. Yeah, sure. That's true. And for the worst song in there, like yeah, every other song is better than You'll Be in My Heart. It's terrible. Sorry. Yeah. Deal with it. Did you? Did you, did you write this on the phone? Like, you'll be in my... Ooh, where will it be? Heart! I'll extend that into seven syllables. 
worst song ever. Son of Man, though, rules. Oh! Uh, and we'll close out with that. <laughs> and we'll be right back in 2009. Stay right there, people. like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the laser time crew then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time it supports not only this show but all the rest of the laser time network you'll get commentaries play games with the hosts see exclusive videos first and receive an uncut weekly ad free podcast bonus time speaking of which here's a quick taste <laughs> that's true but but uh but I, it's one of those things i love about this 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 sketch can live anywhere but it is buoyed by the government shutdown. Remember that? Hmm. Uh, back in no, was it November? November we had a government shutdown. It's, it's so hard to remember oh, yeah, all the time. chaos we we've had been it through. For a time, <laughs> uh, I, it, but it it is the earthquake. It's called Earthquake News Report, and it's the sketch where they're just reading stupid people's names at the oh, yeah. name <laughs> change office. And every single part of this makes it's a lot of it is text driven because it's all these puns written on screen but people wanting to change their names before being hit by an earthquake and underserved during the government shutdown and I love uh, Rachel Brosnahan in this it's one of the dirtiest jokes I saw this season Uh, I'm Dr. Shana Steele triage coordinator for family members worried about relatives who were in the change of name office Um, here's a list of rescued individuals taken to St. Joseph's Memorial Hospital Lisa Simpson Bill Cosby, Mario Party, Tiny Dick, and uh, Pedophilia, and Keith, um, uh, how would you say that? Oh, Queef, Keith Queef. And I should mention that we did not know Mr. Queef was inside, so when he came out, it was a delightful surprise. (laughs) I have never heard a Queef joke on network television in my life. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Internet and all the ships at sea, it's time for Diana's Classic Corner, where we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of June 14th through 20th, well, probably the easiest call I've ever made, because in 1969, 50 years ago, this week saw the release of Sam Peckinpah's masterpiece, The Wild Bunch. Fuck yeah! Starring uh, William Holden, Ernest Borgnine, War Notes, Robert Ryan, Ben Johnson, um, and uh, a lot of bullets. And uh, the Wild Bunch, in some ways, I feel like it's a good Western for people who don't much like Westerns. Uh, If you've never found Westerns too interesting, but you are okay with violence, uh, then I would recommend the Wild Bunch. And uh, if you're a big fan of Westerns, you've probably already seen it because it's easily one of the best Westerns ever made, especially about sort of the death of the West, because it takes place in like circa World War One. And it's about 
how, you know, they are super hard scrabble men and how their way of life is gone and they, they aren't needed anymore. Um, and they end up going out with, there's a, a lot of cruelty and violence and it is filmed gorgeously. <laughs> it is woof, <clears throat> especially the end, man. Um, but there's lots of just the, the way it's edited together, the way everything is sort of framed with the sort of the backdrop slowly encroaching and the deep focus work. And it is great. So, yes, if you've never seen The Wild Bunch, uh, there are actually a couple cuts out there. There's a shorter version that was released in the U.S. You want the longer version, often called the director's cut or original cut, which was the original European release. It runs about 215, I think, or no, longer. Like 225. Um, so it's not a short movie. Um, and it's not a pleasant movie. It's very demystifying of the West and making it look uh, tough, but understandable. But tough. But understandable. And that's it for this week. Go see The Wild Bunch. It's a good summer movie, I guess. Especially if it's hot out. You can feel like you're there. That's it for this week. Stay classic. Coming in from with Paranoid by Black Sabbath. I mean the Jonas Brothers. Uh, Lines, Vines, and Trying Times off of that album. Uh, the Jonas Brothers sound so much like you two. Oh, yeah. I guess I do now. Good point. I also, it's, pretty good album really title. Yeah. I like the album title. I figure it should be for a cooler band. Right. Uh, okay. It's, it's a little too clever for the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. I, I, I definitely understand that. Man, once again, music is all over the place this week. Welcome to 2009. I say before I introduce the band Aha, uh, which has a new album this week. Aha. Put it on Aha. 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 My favorite bit of trivia, that Take On Me video, that director would go on to make the Ninja Turtles movie, which again, we'll be talking what? about this year. Yes, yes. Uh, Steve something. Um, uh, June 14th to the 20th, these are also new music releases. We have uh, These Four Walls by We Were Promised Jetpacks. Uh, Guns Don't Kill People, Lasers Do by Major Laser, uh, Back from the Dead by Spinal Tap, and Conditions by The Temper Trap. Boom Boom Pow is still number one. <laughs> and, still number one. Oh, I'm tired of saying that. Um, <laughs> so sick of it. And here's a little tiny bit of news uh, for that ass uh, for 2009, I think. Uh, the, the iPhone 3GS is released. And mm. I know I'm biased because this is when I got an iPhone. Mm. Uh, I, w- I vowed to stay on the S cycle until Apple got rid of it. But uh, yeah, app, I can't even, iPhones were like super slow initially on the Edge network and like really expensive. I'm still on this data plan 10 years later. Like mm. my unlimited data plan that I got with my mm-hmm. iPhone 3GS uh, switch, uh, like uh, up converting from my flip phone mm-hmm. 10 years ago. But I, I just... Yep. Was this anybody else's first iPhone? Am I crazy? I remember my no. my girlfriend at the time was disgusted by me. I cannot believe <laughs> you spent that kind of money on this device. Whereas, you know. I was still on a BlackBerry at this point, I think. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was on a flip phone and I used it for next to nothing. 
But I did get that unlimited data plan, which is why, like, I can never change carriers because yeah. I'm grandfathered in, bitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and which is weird because the last time I saw Diana, she uh, she was rocking a 4S. <laughs> like, you've had one upgrade yeah. since then. Uh, no, well, my what I tend to uh, just take my husband's old phone <laughs> when he upgrades. So I think I'm on a 6X now. Yeah, so did my Ooh. ex-girlfriend. Where you at now, huh? No phone? No, wait, she got my last one, too. Okay, um, <laughs> 3GS is, is released this week, I think. It does seem like an, doesn't seem like an Apple product should release this week, but let's, let's ignore this mm-hmm. uh, and go right in the movies of 2009, June 14th through the 20th. Uh, Departures. Wait, I did yeah. hear about this. Yeah. Uh, we get uh, a couple good movies about um, sort of fish out of water stories or feeling like an outsider. Start with Departures, which is a Japanese movie, actually from 2008, but it finally releases in 2009 everywhere. And it's about a guy who goes back to a small hometown and becomes like a mortician. <laughs> but that's sort of like an untouchable job. It's like he thinks he's going to work for like a travel agency because it just it says something about like helping people move forward. Uh or go someplace else. And uh, it's really damn good. Yeah. Very Japanese. It is very Japanese, but it was really good. And then we also have Amrika, which is an American film. And um, it's about Palestinian Christians who uh, moved to the U.S. and their experiences here. In I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's also dramatic. And um, it's a really good little independent movie with a female director. And I want her to do more stuff. But it seems like mostly she's writing. And gigantic. This is not the They Might Be Giants documentary? No. No. So uh, those two indie movies, the previous ones, I totally recommend. Gigantic, I super do not recommend. <laughs> um, I started to watch it and it was terrible. Even though it's got John Goodman and Ed Esner and Paul Dano and Zooey Deschanel. <laughs> and that sounds like that should fucking rule. But uh, no, because Zooey Deschanel is... Such a manic pixie dream girl. Mm. It's yeah. exhausting. We're, and it's just like, this is cute and quirky. Paul Dano works at a mattress factory and he's adopting a baby on his own. And then Wackadoodle Zooey Deschanel shows up and she's Wackadoodle and cute. And John Goodman's her dad and it's cute and stuff. And it's like, ah. Yeah, she's was, a bit much. It was, it was the kind of thing that. Paul Dano's other movie, Ruby Sparks, is satirizing. Mm. Yeah. It's like you're speaking from experience about having a Truly. manic pixie dream girl run into your life. And oh, wackiness. It sucked. There's a reason I never heard of it. Mm-hmm. See Ruby Sparks instead, though. That's pretty good, yeah. actually. Can the same be said for Easy Virtue? Starring Colin Firth, Ben Barnes, and uh, Jessica Biel? No. <laughs> Smile, Marion. I don't feel like smiling. You're English, dear. Fake it. This is my wife. Welcome. The pleasure is all mine. Oh, you're American. Hey, I had a little Steve barking. Yeah, no, the, the dog looks exactly like Steve's girlfriend, Peanut. And then <laughs> she sat on and I was very upset. Oh. <laughs> Bill. Uh, what, I, yeah. I've never heard of this film. So it's based on the Noel Coward play. And it's about um, snotty upper class British people being snotty and upper class to an American, which is supposed to be, it's my catnip. And then I watched it and uh, it was really just sort of lifeless. And um, I was really disappointed. Hmm. Um, It does make one fun choice in that there are a bunch of songs in there that are more modern songs done in a 1920s style. Cause Hmm. the movie takes place in the twenties. That's fun. Um, Hmm. Including car wash and sex bomb. (laughs) We're yet Westworld. 
fucking sound garden. If they just done that the whole way through, it would have been cool. But then they also packed in like a ton of songs that I just, I have so many Cole Porter songs stuck in my head now. It's like, they don't know how to get out of the scene. So let's just all sing Cole Porter again. <laughs> I was super bummed. It was not good. And well, I, I, I think it's easy to call the next movie, the best movie of the, the week. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah, I no, love this movie. No, I think it's great. No, ooh, no, no. This is another one I felt lightless and disappointing. Are you me kidding? Too. I love this movie. I saw it on a plane, so don't judge me. Uh, oh, it's well, a plane there movie. You go, it's sure. why it's no. why I like uh, Ryan Johnson though. Like it's a second movie after Brick, right? Uh, yeah. Between Looper okay. and uh, oh oh, and the best Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi. Ooh, can't you <laughs> patronage? Oh, you're so mad right now, aren't you? Uh, no. But Mark Ruffalo, Adrian Brody, Rachel Weisz, and the Brothers Bloom. We're taking a steamer at noon tomorrow off the docks. It's like an adventure story. What's the con? We go to St. Petersburg to be our guys in a phony setup who then double-cross us and kill us all. She drives off on the run from imaginary Russians. And we keep her money. How much? 2.5 million. You're a genius, Stephen. Oh, I just need one heist that would really help me out right now. Mm-hmm. So if you guys need any help with a heist or a con, <laughs> hit me up. I'm on Facebook. We'll dress you up like I'm Julia Instagram. Roberts. Yeah. <laughs> the Brothers Bloom. But I, I really liked Brick. And uh, maybe that was yeah. it. No, no, no. It was really vibing off Brothers, Brothers Bloom. Uh, this this feels like a really great first draft. Mm-hmm. And it needs tightening because it's like, I love the idea that yep. Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo are these brothers who are con artists mm-hmm. who then are, are trying to con Rachel Weiss, who's supposed to be just like a stupid rich bitch. But it turns out she's like super eccentric and weirder than them. Okay. Dirty rotten scandal. I'm all down with that. Mm-hmm. And I like movies where people double cross and triple cross each other. And this also just felt just sort of lifeless. It was like really? pretty, but it like didn't really It's a very pretty movie. It is. It didn't know where it was going sometimes. I oh, I was really disappointed. Is definitely the best way to put it. I feel like there are parts of it where everyone seems kind of bored. Or like it's a Mark Ruffalo like, movie. I guess we're just gonna say <laughs> these lines. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird too because when I was watching it, I was like, "Wow, this is gonna be great!" Because the opening when they're little kids is so cute. Yeah, and so I good. And, and narrated by Ricky J. R.I.P. Yeah, mm. and it's like it gives me a lot of Pushing Daisies vibes at the beginning, mm. and a uh, little Wes Anderson. And yes, then it's very Wes Anderson. Yeah. But then it just kind of peters out. So you could use a little less Anderson. <laughs> yes, yes, it's less Anderson. Oh, I should be a nice. caddy critic. <laughs> but and then the, also the scene where Rachel Vice is showing Adrian Brody all of her hobbies. Super okay, cute. That was funny. Love that yeah. part where she's juggling chainsaws and stuff. But yeah, it just peters out. It just kind yeah. of loses steam. I feel like about halfway through too soon well, it's no looper mm-hmm. i'll say that but i, I like so everything weird. ryan johnson's ever made yeah uh oh, and this is this is the movie i had pushed all my chips on the next one it was uh an apatow produced joint with harold mm-hmm. ramez coming back yeah. to like direct a fucking comedy with a huge astonishing cast this doesn't even begin to scratch the surface oliver platt vinnie jones yeah. michael Sarah, and jack black in the movie year one in the year one, tonight we feast. This was fast food. This was instant messaging. Oh, she looks nice tonight. Give her a little uh, tap on the head. Women respond to that. Ow! And this, the prisoner shall be stoned today. Was getting stoned. Ugh! That kid's got an arm. Year one. Oh, God, this 
Plus. Rated PG-13. In theater. It sucks. It's like, this is a fun, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, looking back on it, it's a fun premise. Like, these mm-hmm. yeah. three idiots, these two idiots unstuck in time. That it's well, like now that's a good question. Are they unstuck in time, or are all these things happening simultaneously? That's because it's, it's, they're all happening simultaneously. They're mo- yeah, they're mostly they're walking through all these stories of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. but I mean, technically, like, well, this you know, th- this guy is actually this guy's grandfather, and so they shouldn't be about the same age. Um, yeah, I was sort of hoping for, I, I mean, not quite a Monty Python the whole and the yeah, it, uh, it, Life it, of Brian, but for Old Testament. And there was a bunch of that, and then uh. it lo- it looks and is, for all intents and purposes, a, a sketch comedy movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, relying around a bunch of jokes about older times, but it fucking sucks. Yeah, it is it fucking sucked. terrible. It is it is surface level jokes. You'll mm-hmm. you'll be able to predict every single one, despite the cast being astonishing. Any joke yeah. that's a little bit good is in the trailer. <laughs> bad. Even those were bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just kind of surprised though. It's like it, all the trailers made me think, "Oh, it's a caveman movie." Okay, mm-hmm. but then they immediately like start wandering into, and they meet Cain and Abel, and then they meet Abraham, and then they meet, yeah, and it, and then now wait, where are we? I don't know. Roman just, times. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait, the Romans are here? Are the Romans here? I don't know. Uh. I, and yeah, the jokes are so bad. It's just, it's just so bad. Everything. Yeah. And like, David Cross is selling a lot of them, and he's he is he's playing multiple trying. characters. They're, right? Some of them are trying. Mm. No, he just keeps popping up as Kane because mm. he's an asshole. Okay. Oh, See, okay. even I'm vague so. on the concept. But yeah, uh, I, I hate. I hate it wasn't the, funny. I think I smiled once. That's not good. And there's so many talented people in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why was it so unfunny? I, I could go on, but you really need to go to IMDb and look because, like, the first 20 people you'll recognize as some of the funniest people working today, and they're all wasted in uh, yeah, year one. And this is Harold Ramis's last film. Yep. Yep. It makes me so mm. sad. Technically, he might have another film in this segment. Mm. <gasps> uh, it, how do you think this movie survives in the Me Too era? <laughs> um, Petty White, Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock, and the number one of the box office movie this week, June 14th to the 20th, The Proposal. Margaret, you're being deported. Deported? We're, uh, we're getting married. Who, who is getting married? You and I. On June 19th. You want me to marry you? Give me a promotion. Fine. What started as a business proposal. Have the two of you told your parents? We're going to their place this weekend. Oh, where's that? Alaska. Alaska. Might turn out to be something more. Let's see a kid. Here's this. It has special power. I call it the baby maker. Be super careful with that one. The proposal. Oh! Oh, I, I never. Obviously, I've never seen this movie. Yeah, but, uh, uh, this was my one that I watched on a plane. It's a good plane <laughs> movie for sure. It, it's yeah. Ryan Reynolds playing you don't have the, to think. the younger assistant to the older Sandra. I remember that had to be explained to me because I saw it on a poster. I'm like, why wouldn't they play a romantic couple? Oh, she's older than. By how really, much? Two years? They don't really yeah. play into the older younger thing that much. It's in just it, the power so. dynamic. Yeah, it's more mm. the power dynamic. Yeah. And Which, f- yeah, as as a Me Too movie, yeah, no, you don't get a pass if you're a woman and you're harassing your male employees. Mm. No, but yeah, she's not. No. She's not interested. She's fired and deported. She's not really. Uh, yeah, I mean that definitely is not great. But not she okay. doesn't really like put any moves on him mm. or anything like that. No. Do they end up together it. at the end of the film? Of course. Of course. Yeah. Oh, see, see. I actually like this one. I liked it a lot when I saw it at first. I saw it in the theaters. And then I rewatched it just to see how it held up. And mm-hmm. I'm not mad at it. It's definitely, it's, it's very okay. pretty. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, the scenery is gorgeous, of course, because it's set in Alaska. And, you know, the acting is great all around. I mean, everyone's doing a really good job in it. Yeah. Betty of- White's doing her Betty White thing. Always on board. Yeah. I mean, there is one scene that I get so embarrassed by where <laughs> Sandra Bullock is like going for a walk in the woods and she comes across Betty White doing some sort of tribal dance sort of Mm. thing and then has Sandra Bullock join in with her and then it's a really embarrassing part where Sandra Bullock is starts dancing to uh from the windows to the wall yeah a skeet skeet yes the sweat Mm -hmm. drips off her balls yes Mm -hmm. and I just wish that whole part was not in it because it makes (laughs) me feel so embarrassed for two Mm. great actors um but the rest of it i'm not mad at yeah i guess it was better than i expected i'm always really like i'm i'm ready to be pissed off anytime there is a romantic comedy about Mm -hmm. this woman who works too hard of course you know that's a pet Uh, peeve of mine you know i I hate that i just hate that so much and this didn't lean too hard into that so that made me feel better it's not like no you gotta learn to have fun and loosen up and it's like yeah fuck you she's got to do it backwards and in heels so no um (laughs) but i guess like the one thing that i thought was kind of clever is the idea that she's from canada but he's from alaska when they go to alaska she is completely out of place so he's kind of more canadian than she is (laughs) Which he actually is. Mm-hmm. Which he actually is. So <laughs> that kind of makes sense. True. Like, mm. huh, that's different. I mean, I know, like, there's a big difference between Barrow, Alaska and, you know, Toronto. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's, there's a Venn diagram. There's overlap between Alaska and Canada. Mm-hmm. Uh, will these white people find common ground? I mean. I don't know. Yeah, the thing that, and I, I don't, you know, of course they get together at the end. I don't feel that that's really earned throughout the movie. Like they really don't like each other for most of it. And then all of a sudden they are totally super loyal to each other and willing to give, you know, sacrifice her citizenship and his like relationship with his family in order to be together. And that doesn't feel super earned, but eh, it's a romantic comedy and everybody Mm -hmm. is doing a great job of acting. Acting. So, you know, I'm not mad at it. So the proposal, ladies and gentlemen, maybe watch it before or after Ghostbusters 2 or Brothers Blue. The proposal. I give it five folded shirts. (laughs) (laughs) My pull quote, Sarah's not mad at it. (laughs) She folds a lot more shirts. And I am mad at a lot of things. So, Uh, Are you mad that in uh, TV, the Lakers beat Orlando Magic in the NBA Finals? No. I'm shocked that in a Los Angeles team won. So, and I don't know anything about sports, but that was my version of a hot take. Ooh, mm-hmm. spicy. Mm-hmm. You're welcome, everyone. You're welcome. Very spicy. Uh, t- uh, other TV, 2009, uh, June 14th through the 20th. Uh, ooh, s- season two premiere of True Blood. Yeah. This is also, it should have been called uh, uh, the season finale for Christopher. Because mm. like, I bounced from that show super hard and never came back. And I was watching every HBO show. I don't know why I found this show so irritating. I think I made it through the second season and then bounced shortly after that. But it was a big show for me and my friends at the time. We would get together and watch it and a lot of people dressed up as characters from No, they didn't. Yeah, for for Halloween (laughs) and stuff. So yeah, it was definitely a big show for us and I was super excited to see season two. Um, but then, yeah, after that, petered out real oh, fast. The rails real fast. Mm. It didn't belong on HBO. It seems like a more of a CW show. It seemed like a, it was mm. definitely more of a Showtime show, I felt I like. Remember my, my, my big dumb complaint, I'm in California, and I'm looking at, like, 
we're all in the dirty South speaking with oh a Southern accent. Like, this is horrible. No, and like, let's go worse. to the outdoors. I'm like, this is where all the shots of Six Feet Under were it shot looks- in L.A., <laughs> Meanwhile, like everything now is shot in Atlanta, yeah. and like it, it, it would have been, been way fine. More, yeah, the worst is they're not even doing Southern. This acts. is where Charlton they're Heston doing... was like speared in the neck in Planet of the Apes. I know this is California. <laughs> yeah, they're doing Louisiana accents, which is oh. so hard. And B, yes, all the outside looks like it's, <laughs> the outside area looks like the waiting line area for ET the ride at Universal Studios. <laughs> that is this Lots close of... to being a very dated reference. Yeah, this oh, close. Man, that's smell from that the oh, waiting area i want it so bad. i'll never forget let's that smell back. i want a candle let's go made back. out of it uh we'll protest <laughs> five playland being gone for yes. 20 years yeah uh, and t2 and t2 oh i can't believe i didn't get to see that again um and on the 16th Oof. uh stand up sarah clear your voice uh real housewives of new jersey the season one finale yeah flip them tables this is like in the iconic I think scene from all Real Housewives franchises. This is the one that everyone. This is like the, one of the only ones that I know. Exactly, I, there I'm you go. repulsed by those shows on the, a fundamental. The level. realest, fakest moment. Yes, mm-hmm. pretty much. Well, so I think I played for everyone the opening lines for this <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, and it sounds like everyone is on Xanax out of their minds. I'm like Ray, and I'm not here, my friends. Yeah, this is so slow. This has been the season has been ramping up to this last episode where everyone's on cocaine because everyone's like <laughs> super sweaty and the finale is they're all in a restaurant for some sort of final dinner that the producers have concocted to get everyone in the same room mm-hmm. but there is a woman Danielle Staub who <laughs> ew, mm. terrible last name mm-hmm. um, who is kind of been a troublemaker throughout the season and she has all this like mythology behind her like she's been engaged 17 times she's been arrested for prostitution and someone wrote a book and she's in it apparently and so Teresa who is the one who recently went to prison for tax evasion (laughs) uh, who's now out of prison and is now a bodybuilder yeah she's she brings the book to this dinner and hijinks ensue. Two things are written that are true. What? Name change, I got arrested. Pay attention, please. That was totally uncalled for <laughs> for what she did. Like the pay attention, like who is she? Is she God? No. So don't ever tell me to pay attention. I am paying attention. Obviously, there has to be something else. This, this. The English language just <laughs> leaves her body. Like <laughs> I heard fucking whore in there. Yeah, yeah. That stayed. This, this tiny little kept hen can't even <laughs> flip over a table. She's so meek. Yeah. Like, bring my assistant in. And it's she wouldn't like, even got like like any damage out of it except everyone's drinking from something with a long stem. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's all red wine. Yeah, if it was all in glasses, nothing would have happened. Anyone who turns whore into two or more syllables. Who uh, You <laughs> fucking who uh, A prostitution whore. Prostitution who uh? Yeah. Prostitution whore. Ooh, she doubled down. She was. Oh. And it, 
the best part is that what is she mad at exactly? Like none of that uh, has she anything. twice as hard for twice as much money. Yeah. None of it has anything to do with her that she got no. engaged 19 times. Who cares? It's no. very, it's very silly. Yeah, these shows are bad for you. <laughs> I watch them all. I actually don't watch New Jersey just because I just, I have to draw the line there. It, the Sopranos exist. Just it's watch rough. that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, oh that kind of set the template for these big finales where big confrontations happen, including my personal favorite one, which was oh. Real Housewives of New York, where one of the housewives who has a prosthetic leg took it off and threw it <laughs> at someone in the middle of a party. <laughs> I think that counts as a kick. <laughs> and then the producers just cut to the leg lying on the floor. <laughs> Probably with a, a, a quick zoom oh, and, a, and a dramatic with a sound. Heel on it. Shot. With, yes. a, with a high heel on the shoe. It's, it's something special, I have to say. Oh. <laughs> it's Anytime some... an object gets a reaction shot, yeah. I, I feel like an angel gets his wings. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that, one, that was pretty intense. Oh, <laughs> how things have changed for poor Clarence. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Real Housewives of New Jersey wraps up. Um, I don't know how those show. There's like 17 of them operating simultaneously at any given time. Oh, yeah. We're in a constant cycle of Real Housewives, basically, mm. at this point. And I, I I do like the observation that like at the end of the season like let's get all these bitches in a room mm-hmm. put too much wine in them and let mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. happen. And now they also like to produce some sort of a trip where mm-hmm. it's like, hey guys, I had this great idea. Why don't we all go to Dublin or Abu Dhabi? Or oh my god, that sounds Miami. fun. Also, give me your cell phones. Give us all your cell phones. Yeah. What? And then oh. Here's all the rosé you can But drink. then sometimes they go to like Destin, Florida, <laughs> which is where they went on the last Real Housewives of Atlanta. It's like, okay. We're all going to go motocrossing. I feel like it's going to be fun. <laughs> I've, I've driven by this house that you're staying in. It's not that nice. <laughs> uh, I don't, I can't top that. But, but I uh, got to get into video games real quick because I'm very excited to talk about uh, some of this. <laughs> not Guitar Hero Smash. Slash greatest hits. It's called Smash Hits in America, Greatest Hits Everywhere Else. Uh, Guitar Hero. Remember, I said this is a, a a big giant trend that overstayed its welcome. This is mm-hmm. Guitar Hero taking all the game, all the music that has been in other games, and releasing another game with all of that shit. Mm. So, like, that's how big it is at this point. It can have a greatest hits collection. Did you not buy Guitar Hero Aerosmith? Well, you missed out on Living on the Edge. We'll put it on the Smash Hits. Uh, and some queen shit. It's just, it's just weird. Like uh, that they're selling this as a full price game, and it killed it. Uh, but the biggest, bestest thing in the universe is the long, wonderful story of Ghostbusters: The Video Game, a game canceled by Activision that Atari, right before its death, swooped in and picked up and published. If you want a Ghostbusters three, it exists in the Ghostbusters video game. Harold Ramis, mm-hmm. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd. Ernie Hudson and Andy Potts uh, and my, Max von Sydow. Repri- he's, Vigo, his painting is it's it's the direct sequel to mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Two. It has all the original cast. I think we gave it the award when I worked at a gaming website that it was the worst game with the best story. Mm-hmm. Just because like the, 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 there's nothing wrong with the gameplay because it's actually pretty accurate to being a Ghostbuster. You fire a proton pack and swing them into shit and then capture them. It's just that like recreating the Ghostbusters sets is like. These are all very ugly. There's no one ever says how ugly a movie Ghostbusters is, but like yeah, it, the color green, blue, and red never come into the equation. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's 
the Hotel Sedgwick is not a pretty place to make a game out of, but uh, it's so compelling. I, I played it twice now, and like, if you like these characters, it's awesome. They're there for you for five hours, and yeah, you'll never get another ghost, a, a real Ghostbusters three, not with Harold Ramis, and uh, and it's here for you. It's here for you right now, and it's, oh. it fills me full of happiness. Ghostbusters, the video game. Just once, I wouldn't mind running with these other fools away from the track. Where's the fun in that? Coming June. Mm. And it's getting remastered and re-released because like, I kept telling people, like, buy this. This is a really cool artifact, a not bad game based on a movie that most of the cast participated. Rick Moranis said no mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. he was saying no to everything. Mm-hmm. And Sigourney yep. Weaver said no. And then like the game, she saw the first trailer for the game like, I didn't know everybody was bad. I want to do this. I wanted to be in this. So we could have had Sigourney Weaver in the goddamn game. Uh, she regretted not being a part of the game. And I love, love, love this clip of Bill Murray on Letterman. It's like, I bring it up on podcast. And I'm just, just going to let him say it. Because he's always really flippant towards Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, why do people want to see another one of those? And like, mm-hmm. I hate that you're... <laughs> You're the reason why this can't happen. Yeah. Like, this is so unfair. Just because you don't want to do it means we never get to have another one. But this is a positive a positive thing. A Bill Murray anecdote from David Letterman talking about making the video game and doing the voice work uh, while shooting something else. Okay, so I was doing this recording, and I was working on a movie at the same time. So I was going into Manhattan and working on the weekends doing all this recording. I got really back into the Ghostbusters thing, and it was fun being Dr. Peter Venkman, and I was laughing, and I was improvising. It was just like being on the movie. It was like a lot of fun. And I go out on the street, and it's like, it's, you know, Manhattan on a Sunday morning around 9 o'clock, and I start singing the dang Ghostbusters mm-hmm. song. And, and some couples walk on the street, and they look at me like, Get over it, pal. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole documentary about Bill Murray sightings. Mm. But if you saw him singing the Ray Parker Jr. Ghostbusters theme, like he's like, yeah, no one would ever believe you. Yeah. No one would believe that it happened. <laughs> and that's, again, him in a full Mountie outfit with his leg in a sling. Please look up a collection of Bill Murray on Letterman because he always does something weird. Uh, but the, the game is, um, it's pretty great if you love Ghostbusters. And I can't, there's been a, a couple of attempts at making movie, they can't make another movie, the cast is too old, it's too mm-hmm. expensive, and the interest isn't there, and they make a game out of it, and you just get the voices, and it's never worked this well. It's cool. And it op- <laughs> it's got an amazing opening, and uh, new remastered versions coming soon for PS4 and Xbox One, I believe. And that about yeah. wraps up 302010. We still have a comment show coming for you guys at patreon.com slash laser time. But we have just been riddled with like horrific scheduling horseshit. It's been, we're not recording this on the normal day. The website's down. I heard a lot. And you can support this, this show as well as the whole laser time network endeavor mm-hmm. at patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, we did an episode recently of Laser Time about uh, c- uh, commentaries for movies, saving you the time of listening to, to dozens of commentaries by picking out the best bits and why we oh, don't yeah. want the practice to go away, even if even if physical media does. Commentaries mm-hmm. are cool. Um, right. And Vigium Apocalypse, if you want to talk more about some uh, some goddamn Ghostbuster shit. Uh, I, I, Diana, I forget. We were talking about a game where the... the Lead singer of Faith No More was the oh it's Bionic Commando, he's the he's what? the he's the main character yeah he plays no way yes uh, um, what's his name Mike Patton uh, yeah we were talking about that recently it's half a magazine show half a look at the 
modern world our takes on uh, news and uh, new games and all that stuff it's a bit of both so if you don't like one or the other hey we have them all enjoy uh and um yeah patreon.com slash laser time we do appreciate your support five bucks uh, a month could really really help you pals out and we encourage you to do so uh times are getting tighter than ever uh we ain't a big corporation we don't have like a marketing budget we don't have we don't have like real producers, <laughs> so like uh, we're a little operation. So keeping us afloat means a lot more uh, to people of our size. So thank you guys so much for your support, and we encourage the rest of you to do it if you can. Die, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at lecinenerd, l e c i n e n e r d, and uh, the show at three zero two zero one zero podcast. Where yeah, I'm gonna tease what's coming up next week, and I've already said a couple times it's Batman, but mm-hmm. it's also uh, another movie with Rick Moranis in it is going up against Batman. Oh yeah, we'll see how it does. It's it can't be Big Bully. That was a few years later. No, mm-hmm. it's a much oh smaller. Oh god, that movie's so good. Oh my god, <laughs> I get to talk about Roger Rabbit. All right, save it, save it for the show. I know, yeah, indeed. Um, <laughs> I can't touch you, kitty. You just got back from the get the vet, and it looks like someone came on your back. Ew. Uh, it really does. It's, it's just her. Fl- it's just her flea medicine that you put between her shoulder blades. It's gross, and I don't just care telling for the it. audience so no one gets grossed out. Um, uh, yes, you get, don't get people confused. She does like to lick me during uh, erotic situations, and I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do about it. I'm not as a nerve. Close uh, the door. Close the door. Uh, the cat can open three doors in this house. And I don't true. know I how. I have seen it. It's fucking. <laughs> She's like the Velociraptors. Yeah, dude. <laughs> in Jurassic Park. And she hates me, but she needs to be around me at all times. <laughs> like, you guys are married. We are. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> um, and uh, all right, so now we get into the deaths. Who died? Oh, this is a sad one. Uh, 1988, we lost John Matuzic, a former NFL player, and he was uh, in the Goonies. Who? He was Sloth in the Goonies. He was oh. only 38. Fuck you, Darvaset overdose. Oh, yikes. What the fuck? Yep. Bad one. Opioid over- overdose. No shit. Yep. The yep. Hey, you guys guy is gone? I didn't know that shit. Yeah, he's only 38. Wow, yeah. He died a couple of years after the movie. He had so many conventions to sweat at and star in a bunch of weird pictures with. Um, I know. Oh, that's, that's too bad. And with the births, co- with the deaths come the births, rebirths. Uh, birthday, oh, birthday is a doodly doo. Oh, we got a good one. Happy fiftieth birthday to this guy, born June fifteenth, nineteen sixty nine, in Baldwin Hills, Los Angeles. Nice, nice. Uh, his half sister was murdered when he was twelve, and his cousin is Del the Funky Homo Sapien. Nineteen fifty nine. Did I hear that right? Sixty nine. He's turning fifty. Nice. Oh, she already did that. Um. <laughs> okay, I figured there would be no guesses based on that, but how about if I told you he studied architectural drafting, but uh, sold his first song when he was 16, so went into music instead? 16, 1969. Yeah. Gotta be Little Richard. <laughs> he's, he's, he's way older than that. Exactly. Um, uh, no, but even though he dropped out of studying architectural drafting, he's still interested in architecture, and he made a video for the Getty Museum on an exhibition of Ray and Charles Eames. Not yeah. helping. <laughs> okay, well, in his music career, he has sold 12 million albums solo and with groups, and we've talked a whole about a whole bunch of his movies, uh, like The Players Club, I Got the Hookup for Sunday. Ice Cube? It is Ice Cube. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Didn't know he's related to Delta. And uh, we get to talk about his best movie this year. So I'm happy. Yeah. What's that, Friday? 
We three kings, are you stealing oh, the gold? Oh, shit. Are you stealing the gold? Lexus Not doesn't make convertible. Uh, is he in that? No. No. <laughs> well, I'm thinking of the road trip one. Yes. That's road what trip I'm thinking of. And shit, there's like two of them. Yeah. Um, it's like a canoe trip. Yes. Thing. It created the, at first right. I was like this, and then oh, I was yes, like this. Yes, meme. yes. Wonderful. That's what I'm thinking of. Right. Wonderful. Are we there yet? Is that right, that's, the that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. We will have a bonus show for you at patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, executive producer this week is Justin Allen and many other fine people over at patreon.com slash laser time for the price of a cup of coffee. You can help keep your favorite podcast, little tiny micro podcast, independent network afloat. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we really do appreciate that. We have a bonus show, tons of new bonus shows for you, including uh, the SNL Awards, uh, where Dave uh, Dave Rudden and Tony Wilson and I recap this season of SNL. Who's the best host? What's the best sketch? Lots of fun sound clips in there. Uh, and a uh, uh, couple new guests. And then I, eventually, the only litigious episode we ever did of the show that I had to wait to post. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's the story of the worst date of all time. Uh, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean... For now. For now. For now. Single life is wonderful. My cat is my wife. Um, <laughs> so let's take us out a little uh, share. <laughs> Thank you, Cher. Put on a thong, straddle a barrel of a giant gun, and uh, turn back time with Cher right now. If only you could. I'm not going to tell you the full name of the song. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Batman! Too proud to tell you I was wrong.